five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. on the internet the deliciously dystopic visual presentation of uh heaven 17 very cool video let me go that was the remastered version and uh you know i go through songs that i think would be a good fit for the show and last night i i where did I start last night? I think I started with uh, Don't Touch Me, I'm Electric by uh, Bill Nelson. And I found a really interesting Japanese version of that song. And the, the original song is about a minute and 58 seconds long. There's no visuals that go along with it. But it's, again, it's kind of nervy and electronic and um, punchy and kind of uh, steampunk meets AI. The Japanese version is like seven minutes long and has some really interesting graphics, but I'm not sure if it would have played well here. So then where did I go? Um, I went to XTC and I was looking at Battery Brides because there's a theme here, right? I was looking at Battery Brides by XTC, a song I really like, and there's actually a a, a version that they did live for Granada. Granada TV. Um, the live version isn't great. There was an interesting studio version with some uh, some interesting graphics. I thought, well, it's, I like the song. I'm not sure how other people like it. I'm like, okay, well, what else is there? How about some Ultravox? How about some early Ultravox with John Fox? Slow motion, quiet men. So I kind of got into that a little bit, but I think the I think the live video of Ultravox, uh, where was it like Roskilde or one of those festivals, um, was pretty good. And I'm like, oh, Heaven Seventeen, yeah, let me go. And of course, I started fooling around some more. And what about the Human League? Being boiled which is a great tune, by the way. Um, but Heaven 17 was the choice. And when you look at the video, first of all, a little background on Heaven 17. It was a trio, but they often had people that would uh, step in and add things like piano and, and uh, guitar. So uh, Ian, Craig, Marsh, and Martin Ware, those are the two guys in the hats. We're found, the founding members of a, a pioneering Sheffield electro pop or synth pop group, the Human League. So 
Heaven 17 is a spinoff. Sheffield was a very interesting place for electronic music. And you go back and you look at the bands that were, were kind of engaging at, at that time. You had the Human League. You had uh, eventually the Heaven 17 spinoff. Even the early Simple Mind stuff is really heavily synth-driven and electronic. I think really interesting music. Glenn Gregory, he's the singer, the blonde-haired bloke, who had previously been in a punk band called Musical Vomit. I can't really imagine what that sounded like. With Marsh, had been their original choice when seeking a lead singer for the band, but as he moved to London to work as a photographer at the time, they chose Ware's school friend, Philip Oakey, the lead singer of Human League. When personal creative tensions within the group reached a breaking point in late 1980, Marsh and Ware left the band, ceding the Human League name to Oki. They formed the production company, the British Electronic Foundation. In uh, 1981, their first recordings were cassette only, and the album was Music for Stowaways and an LP called Music for Listening To, which was re-released on CD in 1997. With two extra tracks shortly after they completed their lineup when they recruited their friend photographer Glenn Gregory as vocalist, taking their new name from a fictional pop band mentioned in Anthony Burgess's dystopian novel, A Clockwork Orange, where the Heaven 17 are at number four in the charts with Inside. Heaven 17 was intended to be just one of the musical projects for the uh, British Electric Foundation. Like the Human League, Heaven 17 used synthesizers and drum machines heavily. The Lin M1, LM1, programmed by where session musicians were used for bass, guitar, and guitar. John Wilson and uh, Nick Plytus. Whereas the band's former colleagues, the Human League, had gone into major chart success in 1981. Heaven 17 struggled to make an impact. Their debut single, We Don't Need No Fascist Groove Thing, attracted some attention. And due to its uh, overtly left-wing political lyrics, was banned by the BBC. You know, that's Thatcher era. It's funny how the, the definition and the title of fascism has shifted. Does fascism always look the same? No, it doesn't. Neither this or any other of the four singles taken from the band's debut album, Penthouse and Pavement, managed to reach the top four in the UK singles charts. The album itself proved to be a success, peaking at number 14 on the UK albums chart, was later certified gold by BPI in 1982. Around this time, Ware and Marsh produced two further albums as BEF, the first being Music of Quality and Distinction, Volume 1, featuring Glenn Gregory, Tina Turner, Paula Yates, Paula Yates being the presenter and future wife of Bob Geldorf and future wife of Michael Hutchins, Billy McKenzie, Hank Marvin, Paul Jones, Bernie Nolan, and Gary Glitter. I remember the Tina Turner tune. What was that? Was it uh, I Can't Stand the Rain? Was that it? The tracks were cover versions of songs that Ware and Gregory had grown up listening to. The album peaked at number 25. The second album was Geisha Boys and Temple Girls for the Dance Troupe Hot Gossip which used songs formerly recorded by the Human League and Heaven 17 and a track each from Sting and Talking Heads. BF took over production duties when Richard James Burgess of the band Landscape was unable to complete the album. 
Um, so two of the guys in the band are Tauruses, and the other guy's a Scorpio. <laughs> so they had a had an interesting opposition going on there. I love the video. I think it's incredibly stylized. When you look at the video, the lighting is amazing. The whole kind of film noir effect, and then that brief jump into color but when you jump into color it's not a glorious color you know it's kind of faded and muted and people are kind of pancaked up to look like you know um, zombies you can't tell if they're mannequins or real people and i mean somewhere in the mix there's probably probably not all people in that mix some of them must might be mannequins at least that's what it looks like or feels like all right, so let's see. Uh, now, when I saw that uh, video, I thought, this has got to be Russell Mulcahy. I don't know who did the video, uh, but it feels like a Russell Mulcahy video. Uh, let's see. Let's see Russell, Mulcahy. Russell Mulcahy, of course, did uh, Hungry Like the Wolf and uh, Rio. He was also the director of uh, Highlander. Is Russell Mulcahy? Let's, I just want to see if he did it. Because he was the hot video director at that time. Let's see. Russell Mulcahy. Music videos. Let's see if I'm right. Oh, he did the Human League. Culture Club. XDC, The Stranglers. Um, video killed the radio star by the Buggles, turning Japanese by the Vapors. Uh, Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart, Rod Stewart, Young Turks, Spandau Ballet, Ultravox, Duran Duran. So he's hitting all over Heaven 17. And uh, his movies, Razorback, Highlander. Oh, he also did um, The Shadow with Alec Baldwin, Tales from the Crypt, Tale of the Mummy. Uh, he did Ricochet with Denzel Washington, Blue Ice, with Michael Caine, The Real McCoy, with Kim Basinger, The Shadow, with Alec Baldwin, and Silent Trigger with Dolph Lundgren. Very talented visual director. Extremely talented. They moved him into TV. He got off of the big screen. He currently lives in California, West Hollywood, with his partner, David Guzman. All right, here's his videography. I want to see if uh, Heaven 17 is in here. No. No. He did uh, Empire State Human and Circus of Death by the Human League. Classics Nouveau, a bunch of Elton John stuff. Ice House, Spandau Ballet, Duran Duran, Talk Talk, Super Tramp, Culture Club, Go West, Falco, Billy Joel. Man, this guy made a lot of music videos. His last one was in 1994 with uh, Taylor Dane, Original Sin. Anyway, there's your background for Let Me Go. Heaven 17. I think that's how some people feel these days. <laughs> Let me go. Take this damned infernal leash off of me. Remove the ball and chain. Behind me, we have uh, East Palestine, Ohio. I thought I'd give you a visual of the 
town before the disaster. We're gonna we're gonna get into we're gonna drop into the disaster today. And I think I have an angle that people are missing with this. Now, ultimately, this is all about systems collapse, which we talked about yesterday, right? The planned malfeasance by, by hiring unsuitable replacements for legacy systems. Steve Letro uh, brought up the concept of the donut, which I did not know about. So thanks for bringing that into the discussion yesterday, Steve, that this is the concept of the donut. And um, I'm not the only one, apparently. Christopher Knowles has been talking about the same thing. And when Christopher Knowles and I are on the same wavelength without communicating about it, I think there's a there there because I really respect Christopher's work immensely. You know, and... Uh, the interesting thing about Christopher is he, you know, he comes out of liberal land. He, he, he is the classic personification of a liberal working class Democrat. And now he's seeing what's happening. And I'm not, I'm not, he's not going to, you know, don his Captain America cape and uh, put on a red MAGA hat. But I think clearly he has had to reevaluate, like many of us, our former positions when it comes to politics. I was hanging out with, uh, Big Steve guest last night and we were having dinner and that's exactly how he saw himself. Oh, you know, working class Democrat. You stand up for the common man, the common woman. When you, you uh, make sure that uh, the environment is taken care of corporations don't rape, pillage and plunder main street versus wall street. And that's all gone. Uh, those people who supported those positions you know they've been they've been evacuated, uh, or they've they've uh, moved to the far left. Now there is no real. You, you get into the kind of the 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 somewhat centric right, although when you get into the somewhat centric right, you're you're into rhino territory. And this is where Steve Bannon came from. Steve Bannon was a dyed-in-the-wool um, Humphrey Democrat. And then he saw the ravages of Jimmy Carter when the Democrats were finally able to, you know, reclaim their position and stake inside of the uh, White House and how poorly run it was. Carter didn't stand a chance in hell. So what happens with uh, Steve Bannon? He moves to the right. He's like, fuck this. So... East Palestine, right there behind us. We'll get into that a little bit today. But uh, we're going to try to connect some dots here that are a bit different, perhaps, than what other people are looking at. Let's, uh, let's talk a little true hemp science. We sponsor today's show, as always, and uh, I will uh, dip into Chataria here as well. Do a little roll call. Let me get the true science visual up here. It's always nice to look at. Right. All right, all right, all right. 
there we go. The little true ham science. There's the uh, link on my website. It's on my website if you want to go through that link. The link itself is truehamscience.com forward slash ref forward slash 23. And uh, some of the best CBD organically sourced, processed. And as far as I know, distributed. There's no uh, robots distributing tram science. Chris is a carbon-based being. So, yeah, even he's organic. So from start to finish, coming to you in the organic temple of your being, this is nature's finest. It helps you with things like inflammation. Um, and the slight alteration of your energy and your mood. And for me, again, I just sing the praises of the gummies. The sleep gummies. And I haven't been able to go to the store the last couple of days. But when I do, I'm going to get the uh, distilled water and I'm going to, I'm going to get into the, uh, uh, the, what is it? The, the BCAA. Let's get into his, uh, view all products where is it here there's the gummies lots of gummies to choose from and then uh, let's load some more products in here let's see what else do we have um, i've got that song in my head now it's hard to get heaven 17 out Shop, skincare, blog. Well, it gives you an idea of some of his uh, products. Just the spagyric stuff is interesting. If you know about spagyric, it's a very um, specific process uh, using water and uh, alcohol and sunlight to extract the... Uh, the properties of the CBD, AKA hemp. There's the fulvic and ocean minerals. Anyway, if you're interested in getting his products, all you gotta do is spend hundred dollars, type in one five M I N S and you'll get some free product and $150 or more gets you free shipping. All right, let's get into Chataria. Chataria, a land beyond the ice wall. Chataria, where the animals speak to the people and the people speak back. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Do I have, ah, you know what? I can't find chat. Damn it. Sometimes this happens. User error. User error. Let me get the embed. Every now and then, I will hit the, uh, the wrong. You, you ever notice sometimes when you, uh, I'm going to blame it. This is, this is, uh, I'm going to blame it on the machine. You ever notice sometimes when you go to hit something, on your computer and your screen shifts a little bit. You notice how that happens? Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to blame it on that. So I'm putting the new code in. It's the new code in town. My apologies, Chattoria. Let's see what we got. 
Let me see what you're there. I immensely apologize. You're there. Okay, cool. You guys know how you guys know this. Uh, there's Michael DJMC. What's going on, brother Mike? Had a great connection with uh, the firecracker yesterday. Very cool. Um, Tom's your son's zoo in the midst of chaos. There was also opportunity. Absolutely. Well said, Sun Tzu. It is more important to outthink your enemy than to outfight him. Another gem, back to back. Totally agree. There's fantastic what's happening. Good to see you, Cece. Yes, Yuri did warn us. The moralization. Yeah, I remember back around uh, 2010. I was posting Besmanov stuff over on Facebook and talking about demoralization, and nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. Look, look. This is the program you're being run through. This is the wood chipper of your emotional body. Uh-oh. We have a hazard. We have a we have a, a an environmental hazard with uh, Fran. She spilled some coffee. Um, yeah, I will be on with uh, Giuseppe tonight. Seven on the East Coast, six in the Central, four in the Pacific. We'll be talking more about this uh, fifth generational warfare stuff. Hucklebuck 411, Carolina in the Pines, Kelly B, all here. Oh, we got a Heaven 17 exclamation. Look at Fran. She dealt with the environmental disaster on her lap, and she's back. Good for you. The quicker picker-upper. <laughs> Dance piece. We don't need no fascist groove thing. Brothers, sisters. Blackrock is exacting revenge. Where is Thor with his thunderbolts? Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Huge plastics fire in Kissimmee, Florida. We're going to cover that, Fran. It's on the menu for today. I'm only human, born to make mistakes. Great line from the Human League. Loved. Loved the Human League. I love that early kind of edgy synth pop sound. Orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Another, I like the early orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Very cool stuff. Enola Gay. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Where are all the chatters? It's my bad, Fran. I, I had a fuck up with the chat today. Let's see. It'll get it'll it'll very short roll call. Let's see who else do we have. Scrubbies is here. <laughs> Catherine Kramer. Christine Benito, Erica Eve, Erica Eve, migrating over from Astro Weather. Good to see you, Erica. Miss Nakia, yeah, people are showing up. Double B, Beth Berry. She's here. SP Dimples, all right. Leela LMM. Oh, look at that. Good morning, precious humans. Maria, I wonder where the chat was. Chat is here now. Thanks, Maria, for showing up. 
checking in from Nice. Gigi. Hey, Gigi. Dropped a pill at QF yesterday. Should go over well there. They get it. I'm assuming QF is quite frankly. Was it the blackest of black pills? Christine is a black pill dealer. Lori Camacho. Hi, Lori. Bo is here. Let there be chat. Yes. Oh, Raquel Welch. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's heavy. Of course, the uh, chitter chatter is that uh, Miss Virgo, Raquel Welch. By the way, you go through the list of Virgos, Virgo women. They're the most, they're the most beautiful women in the Zodiac. Yeah, I know I'm a Virgo, but it's just true. It's just true. Sophia Loren and Raquel Welcher Virgos, need I say more? I think this is just my humble opinion. I think Raquel Welch is probably one of the most beautiful. I think she's one of the most beautiful women in the 20th century. Like when I was a kid growing up and you, you, you know, for some, it was Farrah Fawcett, right? It was like Farrah Fawcett. Like, uh, yeah, the, you know, the poster's okay. But for me, it was always Raquel Welch. She was an absolute, and she was really smart. Although she, she did make a really weird film, Myra Breckenridge. If you want to, um, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know how well it's aged, but I remember when it came out, it was darkly funny. And it was a comedy with Raquel Welch, Harvey Keitel, and Bill Cosby called Mother, Jugs, and Speed. So Mother, I believe, was Bill Cosby. Jugs, of course, is Raquel Welch, and Speed is Harvey Keitel. And um, they're ambulance drivers. They're EMTs. I haven't seen in a long time. I don't know how well it's aged. Uh, who else do we have? Crossfire Cat. Yep, we're going we're gonna to get into that, CC. The Bisu, checking in from Europe. Sherlyn, I'm going to reach out to you today. Real-time, real-time affirmation. They're, tr they're, they're uh, trying to cancel National Prayer Day in Denmark to fund Ukraine war. Amazing. Danes are protesting. Those are my people. Somewhere way back there. Um, let's see. What else do we have? One AI. Wow. So this is what a condom feels like. <laughs> Condemnation. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Has this page layout changed? No. Not really. Kelly B., my bestie's daughter is a beautiful Virgo. I got Virgo rising south node, Pluto, prenatal solar eclipse. I'm that bad looking. You're you're very bold for a Virgo, Erica E. 
boldly going where no Virgo has gone before. Um, let's see, who else do we have? Lord Camacho agreed, hands down, Welch. Welch was the, I think, I think classically the most beautiful woman of the 20th century. Uh, Christina Hendricks is also lovely, but not a Virgo. Oh, yeah, she's the one from Mad Men, isn't she? The ginger. The ginger from Mad Men. All right. Chat, President accounted for. Jasper is here. He's he's in the uh he's in the crown. Oh, look at you. You yeah, you love the crown. Except the problem with the crown is that um you don't come out of it. I wonder if I can lift you up, show people. Here's here's Jasper in the crown. There he is. So can't really see it, but he's in this, he's in this crown thing. This is where he sleeps. We we got this to put it on the uh on the couch. And so he's in this thing. He's kicking back. He's the king. The king of the crown on the couch. You want to say anything to people? Let them know you're here. There you go. All right. So why don't we drop into uh, this East Palestine ongoing cluster motherfuck. Uh, before we do that, let's get into East Palestine a little bit. As per their Wikipedia page, seems like there was a uh, movement in that part of the world to rename cities that had a biblical significance. East Palestine, not Palestine, is a village of the northeastern Columbiana County, Ohio. The population was 4,761 at the 2020 census, located on the state's border with Pennsylvania. East Palestine is about 20 miles south of Youngstown, Mob Central, and 40 miles northwest of Pittsburgh. Ooh, not good. It is part of the Salem Micropolitan area. The city was home to industries in ceramics and tire manufacturing from the 1870s until the mid-1960s. So like a lot of American cities, uh, in the so-called Rust Belt, the commercial production of goods was um, airlifted to other parts of the world in the name of free markets and globalism. East Palestine is located along the Norfolk Southern Railway and has a freight train station on February 3rd, 2023. The village was near the site of a major derailment. It's interesting they call it a village. Not a town, it's a village. That's the classification. Like the prisoner. Spilled toxic vinyl chloride that triggered significant evacuations in the jurisdiction. East Palestine was founded in 1828 as Mechanicsburg. That's interesting. And incorporated as a village. So that, that's their designation. They're a village as East Palestine after the Middle Eastern region of Palestine 
The name was changed as part of a religious nomenclature in the area, including communities such as Enon Valley and New Galilee, Pennsylvania. Palestine, Ohio was already incorporated, community in the western part of the state. So there are East Palestine. There's another Palestine in Ohio. Having reached a population of 5,000, East Palestine operated as a statutory city from 1920 till 2011 when it reverted to village status because of a declining population. By the 1920s, railroad facilities of the city consisted of the four-track Pennsylvania Railroad system switches from the Pittsburgh, Lisbon, and Western Railroad within one mile of the corporation limits connected with the Pittsburgh and Lake Erie Railroad and New York Central Railroad. The city's leading industries were the manufacture of pottery. Interesting that the fire in Kissimmee is a plastic pottery warehouse. I'm not mistaken. We'll get into that a little bit. And uh, automobile tires by the W.S. George Pottery Company and the Edwin C. McGraw Tire Company. However, factories existed that produced steel tanks, foundry work, electrical refractories, food products, electric wiring devices, wooden ventilators, fireproofing materials, synthetic ice, and lumber around this time East Palestine. Now, this is an interesting part right here. Look at this. Around this time, East Palestine began to start an economy in orcharding, which still survives today. Large storage and preserving facilities made East Palestine the leading city for orchards in the area. East Palestine became a qualified tree city. USA is recognized by the National Arbor Day Foundation. I'll read it to you again. Around this time, East Palestine began to start an economy in orcharding, which still survives today. I'm not sure how much of that survives now. Large storage and preserving facilities made East Palestine the leading city for orchards in the area. That's gone. So what did they do? East Palestine pivoted. Pivoted from the industrial economy afforded to them by the uh, banking lords until it was removed from them. So they pivot. What do we have? We got natural resources. Yeah. Let's get into orchards. Let's get into food. Let's get into storage. We'll be the hub for the area. Oh. Interesting. On February 3rd, 2023, an explosion and fire occurred following the derailment of a Norfolk Southern freight train carrying hazardous chemicals on the eastern end of town. A state of emergency was declared by the city council. An evacuation was extended by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine on February 6th to allow for a controlled release of vinyl chloride and burning it in a nearby trench. Some residents subsequently started a class action suit against Norfolk Southern. Um, I was watching a Harry Vox video this morning and Harry Vox is of the mind that they could have emptied out these tanks 
if they wanted to, that they didn't have to blow them and disperse all of these incredibly dangerous toxic chemicals. I don't know if that's true. Benito is in the chat and uh, Benito uh, is a veteran of the uh, rail railway industry and a, a brilliant mind and understands engineering concepts. And maybe he can shed a little light on that in the chat. I don't know if that was possible. I don't know if they could have drained um, those tanks using pumps and filters and transferred the contents. I don't know. From what Benito shared with me is that they will clear the lines and they will do anything that it takes to clear the lines, including blow shit up, which is what they did. So I don't know if it's feasible to transfer the toxicity of those chemicals into another container, question mark. I'll come back to the chat later and uh, see what Benito has any thoughts on that. But it's an interesting question. Mike DeWine apparently now has tested positive for COVID. He's out. He's he's out of pocket. You can't find him. Oh, I've got COVID. Not available. Convenient, huh? Um, Buttigieg finally has a response. You can imagine what the response is. If you can, I'll fill it in for you because I have it here. Pete butt plug. Blames Trump. Of course. Biden Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has a new excuse for his horrible handling of the train disaster in Ohio. It's Trump's fault. Buttigieg is trying to suggest that policies put in place in 2018 <clears throat> under Trump prevented the implementation of policies that would have stopped this disaster from happening. Always blame the guy that was there before. Is Trump preventing him from doing Anything about it now? Because it sure doesn't look like he's doing very much. Um, apparently, the Trump administration reversed a little-known safety rule. Buttigieg noted Tuesday evening that his agency had taken a series of steps to improve all rail safety through historic investments, but said it was constrained by the Trump administration action. In 2018, the DOT withdrew a rule Proposed three years earlier, requiring trains carrying certain dangerous chemicals, utilize electronically controlled pneumatic ECP brakes, saying the technology's benefits were inconclusive in the wake of the East Palestine derailment and its impact on hundreds of residents. We're seeing lots of newfound or renewed and welcome interest in our work on rail safety. So I want to share more about what we've been doing in this area. Oh, wonderful, Pete. We're constrained by law in some areas of rail regulation like the breaking rule withdrawn by the Trump administration. But we're using the powers we do have to keep people safe. Transportation Secretary, and of course, I'm always ready to work with Congress on furthering, or in some cases, restoring our capacity to address rail safety issues. Now, this is a guy who, when he was mayor of South Bend, Indiana, 
hired, bought a new fleet of garbage trucks. But guess what? South Bend, Indiana has alleys. And people put their trash in these alleys in South Bend. The trucks he bought would not fit in the alleys. This is the guy who is the head of uh, the Secretary of Transportation. He couldn't even buy, pardon my language, a fucking proper garbage truck. His biggest achievement, according to E. Michael Jones, was uh, hanging disco balls under one of the bridges there in South Bend, which is where Michael is from, by the way. He's an utter disaster, but these people are, we talked about it yesterday, I'll talk about it again today. And how the bad actors are baked in the cake once the people that actually know some things and care about some things are out the door. And Buttigieg is a high level version of that. He's a high level bad actor. But there's no word about what to do, how to deal with the people. Oh, well, it's Trump's fault. When you deal with the railways, and this is what I've gleaned in some of my conversations with Benito, basically what you're dealing with are entities unto themselves. They operate in a completely different universe than the rest of commerce or transportation completely different universe they're they're almost untouchable so no matter what pete says good luck good luck implementing those kinds of changes and i'm not saying it's better or worse or right or wrong based on what i know what benito's told me that this is you know they're 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 outside the law really Look at what happened with the strike. They're like, nah, we're not, we're not, we're not going to give you more time off. We're not, we're not going to, we're not going to make your working conditions better. We're going to let the big guy determine that. And the big guy's right in there with the, you know, big rail. We're enacting this little clause here you got to go back to work and you're going to get these things and you better fucking like it right so the, the railroads are an entity unto themselves no matter what buttigieg says you know good luck good luck stronger i mean and now you've got blackrock and vanguard and they're 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 in here right they're 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 at the head of the train you, you think pete buttigieg is going to tell blackrock and Vanguard what to do? No, they tell him what to do. Let's get the relationship correct here. So part of this show is about BlackRock, which we're going to get into. And I'm going to show you something that this is a, this is the, this is a point that I don't think people are connecting with. Before I get there, I do want to talk about the, uh, the fire and kiss me because I pulled that up. And um, this is from Chuck Colesto's thread on Twitter. 
breaking now large five acre uh, warehouse fire in Kissimmee, Florida. Hazmat teams are on the scene monitoring air quality. Following reports, the warehouse is filled with plastic potting material, which is the same stuff that was on the train in East Palestine that makes this shit. Here we go. They're killing us. Um, about a minute 35 here. Why don't we go ahead and watch this video? And that is brutal. Do we have any sound? Which is the same stuff that was on the train. Whoops. That's me talking. Look at that. What do you do? How do you put a fire like that out? You don't. I mean, look at this. You know, this is <laughs> this is this is like peeing into a massive uh, bonfire. Good luck. Wow. This must be a drone, huh? How does this happen? When did, what time did it happen? Early morning hours before the workers got there? Did uh, the security team decide to take a couple hours off? Security guards take a couple hours off here? This is awful. leaching into the atmosphere. Of course, it'll leach into the groundwater as well. Uh, we got a bit of a bigger dispersal coming from this direction. But um, right on the heels of everything, right? Another not-so-natural disaster. So... Let's look at one of the reasons why I think this is happening. I'm going to bring up a map here. And uh, I think it's a pretty, pretty telling map. States divesting from BlackRock, the new ESG tracker. Now pay attention because this is a big part of the story. Starting last year, states have looked at a couple of things with BlackRock. Number one, it's the ESG score which essentially forces companies to adopt certain policies so they get a good rating from BlackRock. And that could be environmental, it could be social, it could be governance. That's what ESG stands for. And the social part is diversity, not hiring the best candidate, regardless of skin tone, 
but a diverse candidate, right? Environmental, got to be green. And governance, well, that's an interesting little uh, variable. What does that look like? What kind of governance does your state have to pledge allegiance to? So all these things are factored in, or even your company. It's not just states. You know, the ESG tracker is the thing that BlackRock uses to figure out and deduce if your company is at risk. Risk of what? It's a risk assessment program. And it's ongoing. It's algorithmic. And they're tracking things in real time. So if you are too heavy in one area of hiring, it puts your company at risk. Because diversity is the new unwritten law of the land. And as a result, if there are um, SJWs or people that are activists, they'll look at your company and they'll say, hey, look, your company looks a little too vanilla here and a little too testosterone here. You're going to have to make some adjustments or we'll accuse you of being blank phobic, whatever the blank phobic is. So in BlackRock's eyes, your company's at risk. That's how that works. It's at risk because you can be boycotted, canceled, sued. And it's also at risk because it is not progressing. These ideas are antiquated and somehow seem to uh, represent stagnation. Your company's not progressing. It's not progressive enough. And so you get ticked, right? And if your ESG score is low, guess what? You don't get those low interest loans. And if you have an existing loan or some other uh, unfinished business with BlackRock or Vanguard, who's probably adopting the ESG stuff as well, you're, you know, your loan could go up, right? You could pay more interest on it because you're more at risk. That also has to do with the whole carbon scam, flim flam game. Oh, you're not, you're not investing. You're not investing enough in the green economy. You know, I was on Southwest Airlines and I went to their, I was, I was fucking around on their uh, uh, on website in air. It was a terrible connection with my phone, but I, I managed to get into this one area of Southwest Airlines. Do you know you can buy offset carbon credits for when you travel on Southwest? You can, you can buy offset carbon credits, and, and they've got some kind of you know foundation or NGO that they send that money to. But you can bank those offset carbon credits so that you could use them towards future travel or whatever. It's like, really? So Southwest is sniffing the blue. They're sniffing the ESG blue. That's how it works, right? Now, states are looking. That's one, that's one area. The other area 
is what BlackRock has done by buying all this real estate. All this real estate. They came in and during 2020 and people were migrating. They're leaving the blue states, headed to the red states. And if you're in a red state, you got a blue state person coming in, you're going to sell your house because you can get good money for it. Go back to 2021. Everything went through the fucking roof. And if you're doing that, there's a good chance you were competing with BlackRock for residential properties because BlackRock and a number of other of these, uh, well, let's just call them hedge funds because that's really what they are. They're gangs. BlackRock is a gang. BlackRock is like the mafia. It's like the new version of the mafia. That's what these companies are. They're like they're they're like the mafia that is diversified and gone straight. So they go in and they buy all these residential properties, and they put them together and they put them into pension packages, and they go around and they sell them. Right, they go and sell them to pension funds. A lot of these pension funds are where? Inside the various states. And they say, look, here's how you can compensate for inflation. Look at the housing market. It's just going up, 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 up. So you're not going to lose money. You're going to make money. You're going to be able to compensate for inflation by buying these packages that we've put together as leverage ballast for your pension fund. What happens when the market goes down, crashes and burns, and you're, and you're, you're in that pension fund? And all of a sudden, the, the cost of housing and the, and, the, and, the, and the value of those homes just drops off a cliff. You're screwed. It affects your pension fund. You've bought into this thing. You're using it as a form of equity to keep this thing afloat, and then it's just gone. It's like a ticking time bomb. But guess what? BlackRock still owns the properties. BlackRock still has the paper. The pension fund has nothing. They take all of the liability, all the liability. None of it's on BlackRock. So they were going around and they're starting to sell these to uh, corporations. The states are corporations. They're selling them to the state. The states are seeing this. We want no part of this, especially more conservative states. They don't want, they don't want any part of the ESG stuff. So they're divesting. Let's take a look at the states that are divesting. So far, state financial officers from Florida, $2 billion. Louisiana, $794 million. Arizona, 543 million. Missouri, 500 million. South Carolina, 200 million. Arkansas, 125 million. Utah, 100 million. And West Virginia, 21.8 million have made the decision to divest from BlackRock. Texas, Oklahoma, and Kentucky have all enacted legislation that will likely lead to the eventual divestment of state funds from BlackRock. Do you think BlackRock likes that? Let's add this up. I'm no math genius well that's two billion there right let's throw this onto that that's another billion right that's another billion so we're up to what four billion 
four billion, two hundred million, two hundred twenty-five million, roughly four billion, two hundred twenty-five million. You throw Texas in there. BlackRock is looking at a deficit between six to seven billion dollars. Now, say what you want about zeros and ones, Federal Reserve, you know, created out of nowhere, funny money. BlackRock still plays by those rules, even though they're they've been inserted into the U.S. government thanks to Trump. He put BlackRock right in between the Fed and the Treasury. I remember when it happened. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Trump was really good for corporations. That's a lot of money. And look, billionaires sometimes will throw money around, but they understand what a bottom line is. You know, I'm a sports fan, and I, I follow the uh, Golden State Warriors. I don't know why I'm a masochist. But uh, their owner, Joe Lacob, is a big player in Sequoia Capital, who, by the way, invested in FTX. And, who, and by the way, Sam Bankman-Fried is going to walk. Nothing is going to happen to him. Nothing. There will be no deep investigation. They had, they had their little show trial. He had his little moment where he stuttered and stammered on all these little, you know, Twitter spaces, and he's going to walk. But Joe Lake owns the Golden State Warriors, and um, they have a very high salary. And in the NBA, if you go over your salary cap, there's a thing called the luxury tax, and it is really punitive. For every dollar, you're charged three on the luxury tax. These are million-dollar contracts. The Warriors are somewhere into, I don't know, the $250 million, $300 million every year in the luxury tax. That's outside of their salaries. Now, Joe Lacob and the Warriors are so penny conscious at this point that they have an open roster spot that they have not filled because they don't want to spend the money and take on the luxury tax. So these guys like BlackRock, even though they have a shit ton of money and they're playing with funny money, they care about this. So you're watching a revolt against BlackRock by the states. Oh, let's take a look at those states. These are the states. Well, what just happened in Florida today? Hear about the train derailment in South Carolina? Look who's downwind from East Palestine, West Virginia, Kentucky. Now, if I'm Missouri, Arkansas, and Louisiana, Utah, I, th I think there was there was a big hazmat release from some vehicle yesterday in Arizona. If I'm these states, I'm paying close attention. Now, Oklahoma and Texas, they're literally on the border of each other, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, this legislation.
And I think we're getting ready to come back into session here in Texas. We have session every other every is it every other year. Since last year was off, I think they're back in now. So they're gonna have to vote on this stuff. But this is what's happening, right? Part of this is exacting revenge on these states. Total divested 4.28 billion. It was pretty close. You throw uh, Oklahoma and Texas in there. You throw Kentucky in there. You're talking, you could double that easily with Texas in the mix. $8 billion. So, eh, let's say, trust me, these people care. More than the money, it is the, uh, it is the idea that other states will say, we don't want that. And so this is bad for business for BlackRock. They're letting people know. Just look at look at this right here, right? Right there, right there. There's your, where is it, Palestine, right? You've got Pennsylvania here, West Virginia here, Kentucky here. There it is. Everything's leaching south. Oh, yeah. Tennessee, you're on the clock. South Carolina, we had a real, real derailment. Texas, we had a derailment in uh, Splendora two days ago. Interesting, huh? These are warnings. These are warnings. You, you, you divest from us, you're going to pay a price. Don't think that some of these people know this. Trust me, they do. It's interesting that um, you have Ron DeSantis, the governor who is probably going to run for president and will do everything in his power to make Israel great again. Like kind of breaking and cutting away from the whole BlackRock this whole thing is really weird, right? Because BlackRock is now in charge of building back better for Ukraine. Zelensky. Zelensky and Fink. In partnership together. To build back better for Ukraine. So. There's always this weird kind of schism between the neoliberals, the neocons, the Zionists, right? And sometimes neocons aren't always Zionists. Sometimes they are. So, you know, where does Ron DeSantis fit in here by divesting from BlackRock and yet allowing for Israel to have uh, a base in Tampa? It's an interesting question, right? And now Ron DeSantis is, looks like they're sending a warning signal and there's more to come. It's very interesting. Who brought it up yesterday? Was it Steve Letro about uh, this also kind of being a war in China? Like spoiling the, the, uh, the land and the water for the new occupiers. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what I think is going on here. There's, a, there's other layers too. We talked about 
a big chunk of it yesterday with the depopulation of a credible workforce and being replaced by less than credible um, people. Faulty substitutes, right? I was, ha I was hanging out with uh, Steve last night and uh, we're talking about how as we move down the line, uh, you know, we, we've become degraded copies of what we once were. And we were talking, I was talking about James Forrestal yesterday over on Astro Weather. And then the day before, Jimmy Hoffa. And you look at these guys from another period of time, no matter what you think of Jimmy Hoffa, you know, scumbag, uh, organized teamster, mob boss, whatever. Jimmy Hoffa was a badass dude. He was a badass motherfucker. He's kind of the, the opposite of James Forrestal in some ways, but Jimmy Hoffa was, he was a family man, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't philander. His whole thing was power and the accrual of power for the Teamsters. And he would do it almost at any price. James Forrestal, following day birthday, a giant, a titan. Admiral the Navy, Secretary of Defense, standing up against the forces of communism and the, uh, the intruders and interlopers that were introduced at a federal level by Harry S. Truman. These people, these men, for better or worse, right, they were giants, titans. We're not that. I look around, is Pete Buttigieg a titan? No, he's not. He's not. This, this, we're, we're degraded copies downstream. For all their warts, right? Those guys had warts. But they were, they, they, they were titans. They stood for something. They were formidable. Something like Jimmy Hoffa, you know. He evoked fear in people. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Bobby Kennedy. Guy who dropped out of high school, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of the most uh, intense, pugnacious, tenacious investigators and prosecutors in Bobby Kennedy, Scorpio. Right? Scorpio Aquarius clashing. And he didn't wilt. He didn't take the fifth. He didn't say, uh, thank you for the question. And then pitter-patter and pitter-patter and putter-putter around. No, he took on. He took on Bobby Kennedy, right? So we're, we're degraded copies in a lot of ways. Look, even in my own life, but my father was, man, the guy could do anything. Built shit with his hands. He was a, a you know, jeweler, right? He was, he, he was again kind of from that mold. He could do anything. You know, my skill sets in a different area than my father's. But 
I couldn't touch him in those areas. Not even close. And I can turn a wrench or two and get a little creative with some found items and shit. I'm pretty good at that. Repurposing things. But, you know, he was cut above. There's a lot of men from that era that are like that. And here we are now. We're just downstream from it. And we got the Pete Buttigieg's of the world. We have the Gavin Newsom's of the world. These are these are, are kleptocrats that are born and bred. And all they do is um, outsource. All they do is outsource whatever they, they uh, need to do or think they need to do. They can't even do it themselves. So where is this all going ultimately? Well, if you do the math on this, right? These systems continue to collapse. In BlackRock, I believe, my belief, this is my belief, is um, in, in the business of letting these states know, you can't fuck around here because we'll, we'll pull an East Palestine on you. Interesting symbolism, too, with Palestine, right? Gaza. Another place that's become kind of a toxic cesspool, not because of the people themselves that live there, but because of their, uh, at times, contentious relationship with their neighbors or neighbor. So make no mistake, right? The systems themselves are also in collapse. And then you have the degraded copies of people that are supposed to run these systems, good luck. It's going to continue to degrade. We'll have these disasters. It'll be it'll be manifold in their effect with how they impact us. And at some point, they'll come in and they'll say, all these things are unsafe. The trains are unsafe. The cars are unsafe. It's all unsafe. Oh, and we have a real crisis of uh, being able to attend to these systems. We got to tear them down. That's where all this is going. They got to tear down these systems, the legacy systems. And what are they going to do? They're going to build back better. Oh, we don't have enough qualified workers. But it's a good thing we've been working on AI. It's a good thing that we've been uh investing in boston robotics and i've been i said this a long time ago that we are going to have an ai and robotics boom it will rival the silicon boom and maybe even dwarf it it will completely remake this world and a lot of people are going to make a lot of money well let me rephrase that Small group of people will make a lot, a lot of money. A lesser group of people will make some money. But essentially, it, it will be a boom into obsolescence. And, and I, I, I talked about this in the 2010s. Because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And it's also part of Build Back Better. Oh, yeah. This is going to be so much better. Look at all these advanced systems we have. And, uh, oh, yeah, we can track the trains and we can track the cars and we can track your energy usage. But everything's got to go. We can't we can't run the old system anymore. You got to tear it down. 
And this is what we're witnessing, right? We're witnessing the tearing down of the system. And it's all going to be part of the build back better equation. Meanwhile, you know, there's less and less humans that will be needed to theoretically run those systems, right? And I think we're witnessing um, the end result of the equation of um, that operation. You know, every day I just keep seeing more and more died suddenly, died suddenly, died suddenly. Anyway, so this is where these things are going. And um, if you're a governor, one of these states that are on the fence with BlackRock, well, I'll tell you what I would do. I would absolutely and utterly safeguard any and everything that BlackRock could touch inside of your state or any of these other hedge funds. They're really crime syndicates, including Vanguard, State Street. You know, you know who the players are. But BlackRock, specifically because of the divestment that's taking place, you know, it's kind of like the, the flip side of the BDS stuff. It's interesting. And Ron DeSantis, you know, made that, uh, I think it was a law, right? Like if you, if you were going to boycott, divest, or strike, whatever it is, right, against Israel, like you could not do business with the state. You were fucked, right? So you've got to keep those channels open with Israel. He makes that a law. And now, and now he's going to divest from BlackRock. This is an interesting dynamic here. It's a very interesting dynamic. So um, I don't know. Is is the message that your pound of flesh doesn't doesn't really count or matter? Question mark. I'm not sure. But it's an interesting point of discussion. Speaking of which, I'll be on with uh, Giuseppe tonight over on uh, his channel and his world. And uh, I think he streams simultaneously on Rockfin, Rumble. I don't know if he's on Twitch anymore. I think he got, might have gotten the boot from Twitch. But if you follow me on Twitter, um, I have that linked on my Twitter page. So it's always fun to hang out with Giuseppe, the G-Man. And we'll get into some of this stuff tonight. And hopefully I can bring up some... Uh, other material between now and then well, i got a pretty busy schedule so i just don't regurgitate the same talking points which i hate doing but in the end you know we're, we're dealing with people and people that whose lives are irrevocably changed not just here but downstream this is major this is absolutely major and you know, it, it is rapidly becoming like a major cognitive dissonance gaslighting program. Oh, it's just fine. It's fine. Just, just you know, drink some bottled water for a while. Tough it out. It's interesting how, how, uh, how much government wanted to be involved when COVID was around. Boy, they couldn't. They couldn't wait 
they get their claws into you with COVID, we'll help you out. We'll make sure you're safe. We'll make sure that everybody wears a mask for your safety. We'll make sure that uh, you know, your business will be safe and uh, do our best to mandate the fact that your employees need to get uh, the vaccine. Well, they couldn't wait for that. But here it's like, oh, hands off. Go ahead. You know, you guys are Americans. You can handle this. Well, you wanted this freedom and autonomy, didn't you? Well, here you go. It's all yours. Interesting, huh? I don't know what's going to become of this town. I don't know what's going to happen downstream from this town. We're not going to know. I mean, we're seeing some of the effects. Shit's dying already. <laughs> but we're not going to see the full effect of the effects for months. Maybe years. And then something else happens, and we're over here. We're, oh. we're like the cat with the laser pointer. Oh, oh, oh. You know, how, long will we, how long will we be talking about? How long will I be talking about this? I've spent the last, what, two days, three days now? What happens next week? You know, I'm kind of guilty of it, too, because there's, there's are you kidding me? I mean, this is a fast-moving river right now. So I'll try to touch back in with this situation, you know, maybe once a week, half an hour, I don't know. Uh, but I'll make sure that we come back here and see what's happening. This is something that I don't think we should just stick in the, the memory hole. This is, this is, there's a, the name, right? Even the name Palestine, Palestine, significant. So anybody in that area and downstream, or even if you're in Pittsburgh now, apparently Pittsburgh is under some ecological threat here. Um, you know, take care of yourself. I don't know what else to say. You know, I just, I just don't know what else to say in this situation. You know, in, in uh, Ohio, you, you have a governor who is, he's, he's probably compromised. That's what I think. He's taken a lot of money from these people too, right? That's the other thing with DeWine. You know, the, the uh, uh, campaign funds, a lot of them just through all these shell companies and parent companies and at least back to BlackRock or Vanguard, and they're just investing in all these politicians. So there's that with DeWine. And then he's also probably compromised. Like most of these governors, they're compromised. So he's not going to do what's best for these people. He's going to do what's best to make sure that, you know, he and his family are in a position of relative safety and comfort, whatever that is. Okay. Um, i got about seven minutes left. Is there anything else I want to talk about? I mean, I really feel like, you know, this encapsulates a lot. You know, this encapsulates, I think, a lot of the motive here. If you can see the motive, you can see uh, the systemic failure, right? Through ESG, even the, 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 
the, the downgrade in the replacement system because of this whole idea of ESG quotas. Look, if you're a person of color and you're qualified, I don't give a shit. As long as you can do your job and do it well, I don't care. Right? Isn't that what we want? We, we want competence. It doesn't matter. Like if you're really, really good at what you do and you know, you're, you're a, a woman, Filipina lesbian, and, and you're good at what you fucking do. I don't care. I don't, it, it, but you better be good, right? You better be good. That's the, to me, that's the bottom line. And that you put your job and your performance and this idea that you won't be compromised above anything above your politics, above your identity, you know, we're in Ayn Rand territory here. So I don't care, but you know, we've seen it. We've seen that. We've seen these States that are divesting from BlackRock looks a lot like they're having some very clear warnings. Don't do that. You better not do that. We have ways of, of damaging your infrastructure beyond immediate repair. We also know that ultimately this will be blamed on systems collapse so that it can build back better and bring in the new technology, bring in the AI, bring in the robotics, and have it all completely centralized. That's the plan. In a nutshell, in the meantime, people's lives are being uh, compromised and, and uh, you know, get real sick, not be able to work, not be able to support themselves. This is a big deal. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll, we'll come back here um, and hopefully just not be the cat chasing the laser, which is easy to do. All right. Thanks for being here. Um, tomorrow on the Farcast, XCD Hat Guy comes back. Very interesting story. Uh, I've known the Hat Guy for a while now, and he was an internet sensation uh, when he was young. Massive views on his YouTube videos, kind of a voice of a generation, actually came back into public, uh, the public sphere in 2020. I did a couple of shows with him. I'm going to have him on again tomorrow. He was going to be on the Discord, but I decided to change that. So he'll be on the show tomorrow. So XCD Hat Guy will talk about uh, what he thinks is going on. Uh, very, he's pretty philosophical. And I got, uh, and I got to say, he's um, made some major changes in his life, which I, I really support. So I'm looking forward to that. All right. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to step what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Take care. Uh, give thanks, man. Give thanks to your life. And uh, bless the things that you have so that they come back to you in a multitude and manifold form. All right. Ciao.